Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. They're getting in touch with a gatekeeper, can't get through to the gatekeeper, to the direct decision maker. By going the extra mile, I feel because people stop at that. And then when you go above and beyond, that's what really separates you from those. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with $1 million to $100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com.
Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. And well, it's Sunday. Because it's Sunday, we've got a special segment for you called Skill Set Sunday. And here's the skill that you might not have, or if you have, then props to you, but I bet we can hone this skill. And this skill is the art of the follow-up. And who's going to teach us his way of the art of the follow-up, which has been successful for him and others? He's spoken to about it. Mr. Sterling White. Sterling, how you doing, my friend? All right. Welcome, everyone. Strap in your seatbelts. Bring your bags with you because we're going to be dropping tons of golden nuggets and bombs. So definitely appreciate being on here again, Joe. It's always great catching up with you. And a little bit about Sterling, just as a refresher, he was on episode 1,236, titled What to Do When a Deal Falls Through, Situation Saturday. You can go listen to that, episode 1,236. Just a refresher real quick. He's a full-time real estate investor and author of From Zero to 400 Units. He's got over a decade worth of experience. Portfolio consists of imagine this 400 units He's based in indianapolis indiana so with that being said we're talking about the art of the follow-up and how should we begin the conversation to frame it the correct way yeah and one thing i love that we're in essence triple s because skill set sunday with <laughs> sterling so i love that <laughs> we've got the triple s's and i would say is this was by far the absolute game changer for me with the follow-up and for individuals to know that this is really what separates the newbies from the novice, the novice from the amateurs, amateurs from the pros, and absolute mastery is just this one segment in itself. Well, I'm in. And before we started recording this, we were talking about a couple different angles to take with this conversation. And you mentioned the art of the follow-up, and you mentioned that it's a mindset approach first and foremost, and then you get into the tactics. And I love that. So can you talk about just how we should think about following up with people? Yeah, I would say is how I've shifted it. And this is more so on the acquisitions, or you can say in general, we're related to acquisitions, is that even when you're buying, you're still selling. So it's a sales process. And many of the times, let's say you're taking the direct to owner approach or you're touching base with a broker is that let's say we're taking the direct to owner approach because that's the path that I go is 95 to 99.9% .9 of the time that owner is not interested when I first reach out. So first it takes six to eight attempts just to get in contact with them. They're not interested. And now it takes additional follow-ups to now catch them at the right timing because I really want to touch on follow-up because I spoke with someone the other day and they said, I'm doing direct mail. It's not working. And I asked them, how many times did you do it? They said once, Joe, one time. And that's not going to cut it when you're introducing yourself to someone for the first time, right? You've got to have multiple ways of having them get to know you and you get to know them. Exactly. And also on top of that is I like to call it the value-based follow-up. So now I'm going to get into some tactics. So you could keep following up with an owner with the same approach saying, now you're just in selling. Now you're just in selling your property. Mm -hmm. Or you can go the extra mile. And this is one I'll use. I'll send out random birthday cards. 
And on the birthday card, it say, I may have caught you a little bit sooner, a little bit later, but just <laughs> want to ensure I got you. So there's that. And then also I'll reach out to them and say, hey, we've got local meetups here that are in Indianapolis and thought you would be a great speaker to share your story, considering you've had success in the industry. So all these different ways, and this is one quote I like to use is creativity follows commitment. If you're committed enough, you'll be creative as a way to stay top of mind. Because if not, you follow with the same message. They'll say, just put me on the do not call list. Don't follow up. with." Mm -hmm. Well, we might bounce a little back and forth on getting into the weeds and then talking more high level. But I want to ask about one of the things you just mentioned. When you say to an owner, hey, I want to profile you. I want you to share your story at a meetup that I host. How many owners have taken you up on that? Zero. At this point in time, it's been zero. And of course, I started implementing this right as COVID happened. So mm -hmm. that also affected things. But why this comes into consideration, I've at least gotten some engagement from them. That's the main thing. Of course, if they say, yes, I'd be interested, then I would set it up. But it's more of those things is just to open up the relationship again, because many of the times these individuals just go ghost. I don't hear from them again. And then that's when I start to get creative as a way just to touch them. And then from there is they say, yeah, I'd be open to it. One of the owners I got in touch with, he said, well, I'm a little bit nervous, but I enjoy doing things that are out my comfort zone. And then we started a conversation from there. So it's just really just staying top of mind. So one, building a relationship. And then also it's timing. This was one individual. It's going on about two and a half, three years now of which been following up with that individual. And it's just about timing. They're still not ready to sell. And at that right moment in time, when I follow up, there we go. I'm the one that first comes top of the mind. How many have you got engagement from with the random birthday cards? It is very low. I would say the percentage in terms of sending out, I would say by- Just the total number of people, would you say? Four to five. Four to five? Correct. And these are multifamily owners? Yeah, these are multifamily property owners. Okay. And I'll send these out after I've had some conversation with them. It's just not one of those just direct mail campaigns where they are not familiar with oh, me at all. Okay. I thought you were about to say, I'll send them out these random birthday cards after I've had some drinks or something. <laughs> I was like, that makes sense. You're just sending random ones. Might as well make a party of it as you, as you write these out. The four to five that you've had engagement with, what did they say? It's just more of, hey, you got me a little bit too soon, but I do appreciate <laughs> the card. And what's your follow-up there? The follow-up is I just want to ensure I got you covered. And yeah, <laughs> if there's any way I could be of value to you. So I'm re-engaging the conversation. And it's also a pattern interrupt too. You get a random birthday card. You're like, what is uh -huh. this? Right. <laughs> and I know one guy that actually sends, and yes, this is going to be hilarious. He sends potatoes. Yes, potato was out. And he had one of his clients reach back out to him and said, did you send me a potato? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, I sent you a potato. But now that I've got you on the phone now. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, man. Huh. When you get these leads, what system are you using to track the leads? And this person responded to the birthday card. This one responded to share your story meetup. So I have a CRM that I use and for everyone's on here, each CRM is different. There's tons that are out there. I do a lot of outbound communication. So there's one that's Mojo Dialer that some people use. I use close.com 
which is very simple for me to use because I like things to be super simple. And it's more for individuals that are doing quite a bit of volume in terms of calls. So that's what I use in terms of the CRM and I keep everything tracked in there. Got it. Close.com. Turn more leads into revenue. I'm on their website. I haven't heard of close.com. So close.com, is that your main CRM? You send out emails through that. You track your leads, track engagement, like Salesforce type thing. Yeah, it's the same exact thing. I'm unsure if Salesforce, you can actually make outbound calls. And one thing I've heard about Salesforce is it can get very clunky and Mm -hmm. very convoluted. So that's why I ended up going with this. And yeah, you can track everything. I can have the KPI so I can understand if we make this amount of calls. This is where the conversion rate to appointments is this. And then we can reverse engineer from that and say, this is how many LOIs that we can get from this amount of appointments. And then from those LOIs, this is the amount that convert to an actual contract. But a lot of the stuff we're talking about or you've been talking about aren't phone calls. They're mailing stuff out. So are you also doing cold calls? Yeah, cold calls is my primary channel. The direct mail and those that I was mentioning to you Mm -hmm. is more of just a way to follow up. Uh, Ah, yes. And the thing with my list is, so I target apartment 75 to 200 units. So I'm in Indianapolis and other Midwestern markets. So it's very niche. So primary touch point is calls. And then also we even get creative on top of that. But in essence is we just use direct mail as a way just to keep following up versus just using a text message or a call or an email. Okay. So you use direct mail to keep following up. You said earlier that 99% of the time you call the owner the first time, they're not interested. So it takes six to eight attempts to follow up with them. Six to eight attempts just to get in contact with them. To get in contact with them. For them to say, hi, Sterling, or leave me alone, Sterling, or I'm, I'm interested. I'm not interested to sell my I'm... property. Or I would sell it for above market or top dollar or the quote-unquote right price. Right. Okay. Let's talk about the other ways then you're following up. One's a random birthday card. Another is share your story. You said it takes six to eight times. So what are the other things you're doing? Personal visit. By far my favorite one definitely takes some, for lack of a better word, big cojones. Mm -hmm. When it comes to this, just dropping in on an owner completely cold. Mm -hmm. But if you're committed enough, you'll figure out a way. And this comes down to your why. I have big whys and I'm willing to do things like that. So that's one. And then also is another channel. If I've had difficulties getting in touch with someone, one way I've done, this was 120 unit here in Indianapolis which I had not very much success in terms of getting in touch with the owner. So what I did was I used the database such as Ben Verified, which is B-E-E-N Verified.com, not affiliated with them. I just use them. So I typed the owner's first and last name in there, and then I ended up getting a relative, which was the daughter. So I reached out to the daughter on Facebook, strictly business, everyone that's on here, <laughs> and just asked, hey, looking to get in touch with your father relating to this property, and was able to get their number directly. Mm. Wow. Did she ask how you got my info? Sometimes you'll get that, but not from that. She probably just saw I was very handsome and said, well, (laughs) (laughs) oh man, (laughs) that's an interesting approach because it connects you with the owner through a loved one. (laughs) What a warm referral that is. The loved one might be saying this creepy guy randomly reached out to me dad, I'm going to give you his info, but then you call the cops right after. But either way, she's still talking to her father 
about you and assuming that he loves his daughter, there's something to be said about that. Yeah, and it's all just, ah, gosh, where was I going to go with that? It's just really the habit of going the extra mile, which is a principle from Napoleon Hill, is I feel in those cases, such as this example, people hit these specific barriers when they're looking to get in touch with an owner, whether they've made these multiple follow-up attempts, they're not properly getting through, they're getting in touch with a gatekeeper, can't get through to the gatekeeper, to the direct decision maker. By going the extra mile, I feel because people stop at that. And then when you go above and beyond, that's what really separates you from those. Because I closed on a deal where I've actually sent it over the brokers and said, hey, could you help me out with this lead? Because I haven't had much success. And then many of them just said, no, we haven't had any contacts with them. I went the extra mile to do some more skip tracing, ended up finding one of the operators had a unique last name. They were in Florida. I said, well, let me just give this person a call. They're in real estate. Turns out they were one of the people who actually put the syndication together close to two decades ago and then started the conversation. Fast forward, we closed on it. Brokers reached out to me and said, how the heck? I had so much difficulty getting in touch with that person. Hmm. That was 120 units? That was 156 units. That was 156. That was another property. The 120 units you got through the Ben Verified daughter-dad connection? Yes, correct. Didn't close on that. That was just one that ended up going the extra miles away to being creative as a way to get in touch with the decision maker. Because many people just say, ah, this property is not going to work. It's too difficult. Let me move on to another one. Why didn't that one work? Their price. And I've shifted away from those. It's built in an early 1970s C-class property. It needs quite a bit of work. And I've shifted my model more towards 1980 to 2000 construction with less deferred maintenance. Mm-hmm. So they random birthday cards, meetups to share your story, personal visits. Rubik's Cube. Many people know me for this. This is by far one of my favorite ones outside of the personal visit is a Rubik's Cube. I'll send it to them direct mail with a small note that says, hey, let's figure this out. How many conversations has that resulted in? I would say more so about 15 to 20. And mm-hmm. there was one because I follow up right after I send the Rubik's Cube is the owner, I had him on the phone, and they said, my wife cannot figure out this damn Rubik's Cube. (laughs) So she's in the back working on the Rubik's Cube, (laughs) thinking of the guy who sent it to him. So all these different channels is just a way to just keep pinging the person to stay top of mind. So once they do transition from not interested to being interested, you're the one that comes top of mind. And you're able to track that in close.com like okay sent them this rubik's cube i did a personal visit do you track all that stuff or just the phone call results i track more so the phone call results i do include in the notes the various touch points but in terms of tracking hey this converted to this that is something to actually implement but right now it's more so just the call do you have a process that you follow where you do it in a certain order, these things? In terms of a certain order is if I send a letter of intent out to someone before the actual contract and I don't hear from them, that's when I will send the Rubik's Cube. And then if I have gotten in touch well, with... Oh, go. Real quick, a letter of intent, I assume that means that you've got financials from them or are you just writing it up based off of what you believe to be the financials? 
I have gotten financials that does vary. I have actually recently sent an LOI to an owner. What I did was I just normalized. So they were able to provide me the rent roll. I normalized the expenses. And then I submitted an LOI just as a way to follow up. But at that point, if they've sent you the rent roll, you've already engaged them. Yes, correct. This isn't a blind Rubik's Cube. Is that what you're... Yeah, okay. Noted. So the Rubik's Cube is in place after you've had some sort of engagement with them. But the other things like skip tracing an owner, you clearly haven't talked to them because you, you have to skip trace them. Been verified, same thing. Personal visit, I imagine. That's in the same category. Meetup, share your story, same thing. So with those in particular, do you have a certain order in which you follow? Yeah, the first channel will be the birthday card. That's mm -hmm. one. So the birthday card is the go-to in terms of the subset, but also in terms of like a process, because some owners are at different stages. So we have this owner. I know that they're in Indianapolis. I'll do a personal visit. Right. And then I'll follow up with a personal handwritten letter for myself as a way, hey, it was good to meet you. So in terms of like an actual process of the direct mail, primarily is the happy birthday card. But outside of that is it's not, okay, we're going to do this campaign. We're going to do this campaign, this campaign. We do have occasions that we do a campaign on the go to all of the owners that have expressed interest. But in terms mm -hmm. of a process, what would that be? All the owners who have expressed interest, what's that campaign look like? The campaign will be something along the lines of a handwritten letter. So that's one. And then also there'll be myself will send an email out to them that says, hey, going to be out in the neighborhood. We'd love to put my hand in your hand. So that's what we'll do if after a month we haven't had engagement with a specific set of owners. And we'll say, hey, this is a campaign that we're going to use on all 25 or 30 of these individuals. I love hearing about this. Anything that we haven't talked about that you think we should as it relates to the art of the follow-up? I would just say for everyone, this is one thing I learned. I love them. I hate them. Those of you are on here in Grant Cardone. So I've gotten so much valuable information in terms of just the sales in itself, because I'm a believer that sales is everything, not just in business, but even in life. But through this, the follow-up is some people just don't have the realistic expectations majority of the time, people don't even make the attempt, whether that's direct mail or cold call or whatever channel they're using. And then they quit after the second, third or fourth time, not knowing that on average, it takes between a six to eight attempt just to get in contact with the person. That's just to get in contact, mm -hmm. give them your pitch. And then many times they're not even interested. And now it's even more follow-ups after that. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts about someone who sends the same this is called a postcard or brochure to that contact six to eight times. Good or bad? Got to be creative because they are getting tons of other direct mail. So by someone doing that, it's better than nothing. The good thing is that they're consistent, but if they're able to switch it up of some sort, because that yellow letter that they have that was handwritten that they've sent maybe two to three times. If they send a red one in a red envelope, that could be the one that hits and triggers that person. Oh, I'm actually going to pick this one up and actually take a look and call this individual. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? You can visit me on Instagram, Sterling White Official. One more time, that's Sterling White Official. And also visit SonderInvestmentGroup.com. That is S-O-N-D-E-R InvestmentGroup.com. And always here to be of value to everyone who's on here. Just remember, keep being awesome.
I loved our conversation as always. I love the creativity that's put into action. A lot of people have well no, I wouldn't say a lot of people have a lot of creative ideas to move the business forward because that's a unique skill set, I believe. But not only do you have creative ideas to move the business forward, but you also execute on them and follow through. And that's the art of the follow-up, like we talked about. Breaking through the clutter and then executing on that on a consistent basis. And also, as you said a couple times, setting expectations with yourself and with your team that it is going to take six to eight times just to get in contact with them. And we're talking about owners in this circumstance, but I imagine that's applied to others as well. Thanks for being on the show, Sterling. Enjoyed it. Hope you have a best ever weekend and talk to you again soon. Oh, yeah. Have a great one, everyone. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Best Ever Conference is almost here starting February 18th. We have over 30 of the best ever speakers in commercial real estate. When you sign up, you are placed in a virtual mini mastermind group to network and gain connections from start to finish. And if you're looking to elevate your investing game, this is the place to be. Visit BEC2021.com and use the code INVEST15 to get 15% off.